With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another uh, episode of The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, our topic is going to be kind of talk about gun control, more questions about Berners, uh, Banner's handling of the Fast and Furious. Our special guest today is Larry Pratt. He's going to uh, talk about this. If you want to join the conversation, please call at 347-324-3460, or you can go ahead and post a question in the chat room, and I'll go ahead and read it on the air. Larry, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be with you. Great. Right, to begin with, our uh, audience usually like to get personal stories about the person versus us reading the uh Bio. So if you don't mind, if you can take a moment, tell us about yourself uh, and where you're from. Well, I grew up in the suburbs of uh, Philadelphia in uh, New Jersey. I uh, didn't have any experience with firearms. I went hunting once with a friend. His father was an avid hunter, but that was the extent of my exposure. But as I uh, grew older, uh, in college actually, and, and then as I had left college, I came under conviction that, you know, I've got a young family, and uh, what am I going to do if some nut job uh, tries to um, do something untoward and uh, jeopardize my family? So that's when I bought my first firearm uh, in response to that, I guess you'd say, philosophical musing, because I had seen that over time, even something like what happened in Aurora uh, last week, that's something that's happened in our country for well over a hundred years. Massacres of ten and twenty and more people at one time. It's not anything new in the United States, and so it doesn't have anything to do with our technology, buying ammunition uh, online. It has to do with the human heart, and that's what really has to be addressed. And until we become angels, uh, my conclusion was probably a good idea to be able to shoot back. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, it, what is in the mindset of people um, today, young kids? Because usually it's, it, it, they're in their 20s uh, that's doing this. Or right. is it something in them that just don't have a value of life and don't well, know that I, it could be them? I think that's a a very good observation. I think there's a lot to the way we're educating people today that we're just a blob of protoplasm that evolved and there's really no absolute right and wrong. We're not going to be accountable to our creator. Uh, We shoot horses, don't we? 
so what's the big deal if we uh, take out a few people? It'll just show people how angry we are. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's probably some of the mix uh, that goes into the way these dirtbags are thinking. And what is so concerning to me is that we are stuck on stupid legislating and having companies have policies saying we don't want you in our establishment, which is open to the public and which has no electronic security, uh, but we're uh, we're open to the public without any guns being present. Well, that's really pretty stupid because almost all, in fact, with only one exception, our recent mass murders in the United States have occurred in gun-free zones, quote-unquote. Legally, they were, but of course, the criminal who's thinking about murder isn't really going to lose sleep over, oh, man, when I go do this tomorrow, I'm going to be violating the gun-free zone policy or the gun-free zone law. Oh, maybe I should rethink uh, my plans. (laughs) It's it's stupid when you put it that way, but we're still stupid. So we're hoping that this tragedy is going to perhaps move us a little closer to getting unstuck on stupid to saying, you know what, we got to stop discouraging the decent, honest citizens of our country from having a gun wherever they might be. Uh, we ought to say no more of these gun-free zones. Uh, if you want to have a gun-free zone, then you must be strictly liable for anything that occurs in that zone. Namely, if somebody goes into a a theater, such as in Aurora, Colorado, and if we had my proposed legislation on the books and this tragedy had occurred, that theater chain, which has that national policy, would have been strictly responsible, liable for all the lost income and compensatory damages uh, uh, each and every individual that was murdered. I think that would probably put them out of business, and so it should because they're too dangerous to be operating a business in that way. So kind of we have a question here. Kind of define gun-free zone. Well, it's a concept that's been uh, around for probably 20 years. It uh, originated in the very early 90s. Uh, It was uh, enacted by the Congress. It was overturned in the Lopez decision by the Supreme Court, but the court said, well, you didn't show any connection to uh, uh, public policy or some such nonsense. And so the the Congress went back and enacted the same law with a bunch of whereases, and uh, it hasn't been challenged since then. Well, I think it's time to challenge it, both uh, not so much in the courts. This is something we've just got to tell legislators. Stop putting us at risk. And I've I've seen a growing number of blogs indicating that people are now prepared to just break the law, break the policy, violate the policy, and go into an establishment that says no guns because they don't want to come out in a body bag. They'd rather take their gun in, and, and as long as they keep it concealed, it's never going to be an issue anyway. Well, what happens to places like uh, where you have gun-free zones? You know, your government institutions are usually always are. Uh, religious institutions always are. Well, um, sometimes. It depends on the state. But you're right. There, oh. there are a number of churches that, 
that uh, by law are so-called gun-free zones. Yeah, uh, I just know in particular the the Catholic Church, uh, yes, and and Southern Baptists, and, uh, and it kind of varies. But they usually they used to be to the point they used to post it on the door, and um, members got annoyed about it, so they just took it out. Um, but we know that it happens. I mean, uh, but when you talk about the liability of that, it, it put any organization out of business. I think uh, so. If there's so a shootout th- occur. So I think it's better for the institution to say, enter at your own risk. And then they're off the hook because they warned you. And uh, so so it should be because actually that's what we are doing. We are entering at our own risk. And all they do is add to it if they say, enter at your own risk, but for goodness sakes, don't bring any means of self-defense. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's now. Come on, it, look. Any business, if you walk into a, a, a organization or a business that says, "In your own risk," you're going to think twice about even walking in. Well, this is where so they it stay should be. Home. So it should be. <laughs> uh, if the business is that unfriendly to human life, uh, that they have this this notion that somehow what they're thinking about is their own liability, and so the gun-free zone is in response to business organizations saying, hey, government, take us off the hook. Uh, We don't want to be responsible for something that happens in our store. Well, you know, if a a criminal goes into a store and shoots the place up like he did in the theater in Aurora last week, uh, that's not the responsibility of the theater unless they have said enter without your own self-defense means. Then they assume responsibility. Then they ought to be on the hook. And I understand that there are <clears throat> at least there is at least one lawsuit uh, on its way. <clears throat> and I hope they drive that theater chain out of business. Okay. So when you have that type of uh, uh, I'm not going to say mentality, but we have that type of thing. Have we learned something from the past, you know, in the Wild Wild West? Um, I, you know, we can't honestly say what happened. Uh, none of us there to witness it. It was just common practice. But when people, you know, enter in an establishment uh, all loading with guns, I mean, uh, this is a scary sight. I mean. Well, the Wild West was mainly wild in Hollywood. Uh, the facts uh, were rather different. Uh, the, the West was a fairly low-crime area. There was the mm-hmm. shootout at the O.K. Corral, uh, but we know about that because of its unusual nature. It was something mm-hmm. that Absolutely. didn't normally happen. And, and what is normal, and happily now, is in our center cities particularly, with their hostility to the armed citizen, criminals have free range. And it seems to me that if we sue anybody, we probably ought to make sure we sue government officials for their having made us vulnerable. Only one of our mass murders in recent time has occurred outside a gun-free zone. These are dangerous places. And how many people need to die before we come to the conclusion that, uh, Houston, I think we have a problem don't they uh, say that uh, the zealot is the guy that says, ah, my policy failed? Well, then I'm going to redouble my effort. No. <laughs> 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 well, 
what we're going to do is we're going to take a break real quick and we'll be back in a moment uh, again to talk more about this topic. We'll be back in one moment as we listen to the Core Business Show. You're listening to the Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. We're back with uh, Larry Pratt. We're talking about uh, gun control, and uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, Larry, question uh, real quick. Uh, I think we were beginning to talk about uh, uh, more questions about uh, burners, uh, burners handling other fast and furious. Um, what is government is doing right now um, in order to address you know, these type of situations, is there anything they really can do? Well, Fast and Furious was a government program uh, in the Department of Justice carried out by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives that okay. started sometime in the early to middle part of 2010, 2009, and uh, it involved telling dealers, even when they had reservations about the buyer that they were selling to, to go ahead and sell uh, rifles primarily to these uh, to these purchasers who uh, actually turned out to be part of the, uh, sim- uh, the cartel syndicate down in Mexico. They were selling uh, and getting them illegally across the border. Uh, to the primarily to the Sinaloa cartel, and we know that um, they were looking to enhance their case for gun control because a, a uh, Mark Choate, uh, one of the officials at the ATF headquarters in Washington, emailed, and we know this thanks to a whistleblower, emailed the head of the Phoenix office where they were operating Fast and Furious, inquiring if any of the Fast and Furious guns had turned up at crime scenes because they wanted to use them as a predicate for more gun control. Uh, Further, when the head of the ATF at the time was given his weekly briefings and it was clear that the monthly death toll was increasing over the previous month and the the, uh, month a year before in Mexico, there wasn't an expression of remorse, of sadness, but good. The program's working. Good. 400 people murdered is good. We know that they were murdered because, just like Nazis, they were keeping a record of all the guns that had been involved in the Fast and Furious program. So when they turned up at crime scenes, they knew that, oop, that's one of ours. Uh, Incredible that 
we have people in the government that are willing to see blood shed in order to advance a political agenda. And I think that's uh, 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 Speaker Boehner was very reluctant to pursue this. Well, if we go after the Attorney General, we're going to get called racist. Well, you know what? If you disagree with a liberal, you're going to get called a racist. It doesn't matter what color he is, what argument you've used. You're just going to be called a racist. So take a deep breath and have a nice day because that's part of the, uh, of the environment in which we live these days. But the fact of the matter is justice demands that something be done to bring to the bar those responsible for the willful murder of 400, and I'm afraid counting, because only 600 of the some 2,000 guns involved in Fast and Furious have been accounted for, have turned up at crime scenes. So uh, there's a lot more killing that's likely to be done uh, with the Fast and Furious guns. And so the over the objection of Speaker Boehner, Chairman Issa, head of the Oversight Committee in the House of Representatives, forced a vote at first in his committee and then in the full House on a contempt of Congress citation. When that was approved, it then set into motion activity by House lawyers to prepare a, an indictment, really, to deliver to the uh, District Court uh, for the uh, District of Columbia, uh, for the Federal District Court of the District of Columbia, and uh, prosecute the case against the, uh, the Attorney General demanding that he produce documents that the committee is looking for. Now, my guess is that the committee knows what is in many of those, maybe not all, but many of those documents, because whistleblowers have produced them. And what ISA is doing is playing a very high-stakes game of poker with the Attorney General and the President on, uh, are you feeling lucky? Do you think you can get away with not supplying this document that I don't know about when, in fact, I'm asking you about this other document, which I do know about? Uh, I already have a copy of it, thanks to a whistleblower. <laughs> and so the, the way I read this, the Attorney General of the United States is facing a contempt of court citation if, in fact, either the D.C. District Court rules against him saying cough up the documents, or if the D.C. Court of Appeals, which is probably more likely, tells him to cough them up. And I think the Attorney General, given that position, would rather go to jail for a few months on contempt of court rather than several lifetimes for what may well be in those documents. And that's where we are with Fast and Furious. This is the highest level game of poker that's ever been played, and I don't think the Attorney General has a very good hand. Well, you know, we look at this. I mean, that's one thing about, uh, you know, you look at the Secret Service, you look at CIA. We know we have all these uh, operations going on. I mean, it's not really uh, in any sense for us to know, but we know these things go on, and we just turn a blind eye. Um However, at the timing, we're at the end of uh, the last six months of this year. This, if this administration continues, it's all for nothing. I mean, um, it depends if the president, uh, current president wins. You know, they will have the information regardless in time. But are they wasting the time right now? They're on vacation now. They'll be back at the end of the month to close out the government fiscal year, and then we're into election season. Then the year is over. Um this really don't have a lot of time to play out, and is 
I'm not sure it's going to end up playing out before the end of the year. But there's there's uh, something to keep in mind. The uh, mm-hmm. there was a, a a double contempt citation actually. One was a criminal citation, and the other was civil. Now the criminal case, you're exactly right. That's probably not going to be docketed until next year, uh, maybe a whole year from now. But the, in this civil complaint, those move much more quickly. That court, that, those kinds of cases don't have such a big backlog. And it's entirely possible that by Labor Day, uh, the D.C. Uh, federal court could be considering this and make a decision even before the election, thus setting it up for an appellate hearing, again, perhaps before the election. So this is very toxic for this administration, as it should be. They were involved in the planning of the murder of over 400 people, including two of our federal agents, one in Arizona, one in Mexico. Okay. Now, taking that into account, you know, if everything is all equal, we know all the the things that, well, we don't know. But why don't they make everything now? I mean, this, why don't we take this situation and just open the books to the federal government and say, hey, we have all these other covert operations going on. Let everything be leveled. Because even if you, if we come after Labor Day, we have to close the fiscal year, and then we're in the middle of the election. If this doesn't play out until after the election, is doesn't really matter. Because I think well, the United States is except this is a criminal. This is a criminal yeah. matter. This this no, it's not a matter of uh, finding a a, a, a a conviction of impeachment, uh, which m- merely means that you are kicked out of office. Uh, the way this is moving, this involves jail time. Whether or not the attorney general is still in office, whether or not the president is still in office, this what this in, involves is a conspiracy to facilitate killers in the Mexican cartel to do what it was assumed they would do. And when the head of the ATF was given the briefings on a regular weekly basis that they in fact worked, that there was a spike in the murder rate. Oh, that's good. He's recorded as having said. I can't believe that they kept those kinds of records. It, it really reminds me of the Nazis and their experiments on, the, uh, you know, what does the, the inside of a Jew's elbow look like while he's still alive or something like that. This is just gruesome. And mm-hmm. these people did this deliberately in cold blood hoping that they could put one over on the Second Amendment uh, supporters in this country, saying, it's our bad. All these guns are coming from the United States that are being used in Mexican crime. Give me a break. These people need to be brought to justice. Okay. So kind of tell us about if it does happen. Um, And let's say, you know, if it does play out before the end of the year, um, I'm sure that the administration have some uh, loopholes or has some things in the arsenal to kind of to uh, protect, you know, the attorney general. Um, in one sense, if it's civil or uh, criminal, criminal, you know, if they can if they can get it wrapped up before uh, he leaves office. I mean, the government can uh, pardon him and call it a day. So we we'll use all these resources to get something, even if they do a speedy trial, then he can get pardoned, and then it's just pretty much over anyway. So it's just a sense of 
and, and all the reason I'm saying is, I mean, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people over the, the course of this year from Secret Service agents, from CIA, and they talk about some of the, the dangerous type of uh, uh, programs that the government sponsors. And I mean, this is one of the light – well, I'm not going to say it isn't the light one, but however, however uh, yeah, it, it is – Someone should be held accountable for that. But what, where did the buck stop? Does it stop at the top Does it, or it stops at the people who are actually doing the action? So you punish the workers along with the um, the person at the top? Would well, I think you punish anybody that uh, you can show was actually involved in this kind of uh, terrible activity. Um, and it's interesting that... The agents on the ground, the the cops, if you will, as opposed to the bureaucrats and the lawyers and the Washington bureaucracy, even the head of the ATF office in Phoenix had only been a street agent, a cop cop, if you will, for about a year. So all the people were really keen on this were bureaucrats, were lawyers, were political types. And frankly, I think a message needs to be sent to them, uh, even if, as you say, and that's a possible scenario, if the convictions come down while the president is still in office, he would very likely uh, pardon anybody so convicted. But I think the mission would have been accomplished, that you're going to be held accountable if you think you can do anything you want and you're so above the law that you don't have any concern whatsoever for human well-being and that is a message i think that needs to be sent and that's why the the hearings are important and that's why the the criminal and civil prosecutions are important and by the way uh since the criminal case is almost certain not to mature to come uh, before the court until next year there may be another president who then may not be so inclined to pardon so the the civil case might result in pardons uh, if that were the you know if there were convictions obtained that way but the the criminal case is something else it's on another slower track and it may take longer but there could well be justice in the end for those who are complicit in the carrying out of operation murder hmm. you know do you think um in your opinion, that, okay, if they play this poker card, do you think they have something else in uh, in their sleeves to kind of just, uh, kind of de- not derail this, but show something that has been worse and gruesome that the government has been responsible for um, and other type of, type of operations? Well, uh, I'm not sure what that would be, at least if you are pursuing a national security objective, uh, even if it's Iran-Contra, at least they were uh, doing the, the, committing the crimes that they did in the name of national security. Uh, th- there's no national security interest in this at all, unless you think that getting gun control uh, legislation enacted is worth killing people in order to get it when that seems to be a bit of a non sequitur that, you know, gun control is supposed to protect people. Uh, obviously, it doesn't, as we know from Aurora most recently. But nevertheless, there's there's no national security interest here at all. Yeah. Well, in closing, what do you like to leave us with uh, regarding uh, you and your operation, your company? 
Well, Gun Owners of America is uh, has been involved in this with the, from the very beginning. We were working with the bloggers, uh, Mike Vanderbo and David Kodria, who broke this. Mm-hmm. They were the ones whose eagle eye spotted a website called cleanupatf.org. It was set up by uh, pseudonymous BATF agents who were horrified that decent police operations were being polluted by Operation Murder, as I've dubbed it, and they were the ones that were writing on the blog what was going on in Fast and Furious. And it was these bloggers who brought it to uh, our attention at Gun Owners of America last January, and we actually were the ones that broke it on national television. I appeared with Megyn Kelly on Fox uh, the last day of January last year. And so this thing mm-hmm. uh, the light thanks to the... Um, the non-establishment media, if you will. It's a great tribute uh, to the Internet, to the uh, communication. You know, we've been able to spread the word both by means of your uh, radio program as well as email and and people going to our website at gunowners.org, and they could not keep this under the rug. And uh, we're in a new day when the government better be doing things that are truly in the national interest, because if they're not, we're going to find out. Wow. And I know you have a website. If you can share us your website information, any other information you'd like to share with us, uh, how to contact you and do some more research. Well, we're at gunowners.org, and if folks uh, go there, we'd invite them to sign up for our free alerts. They're mostly weekly, and they inform people about what's happening on Capitol Hill, and we'll embed an email almost always in those alerts so that they can communicate directly with their members of Congress about issues of concern to them in the Second Amendment area. So gunowners.org is the place to go. Great. Well, thank you, Larry. I really appreciate you coming on to the program and sharing sharing all your information. Well, I appreciate your program. Thanks for having me on it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, it's been another production of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim J.K., your host. Uh, You can download this episode on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, thank you for listening. Have a great day. It's Tim with the Core Business Show. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to The Core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.